I'm Keith Baker, creator of Eberron, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves in theaters now. In the news, D&D Direct previews the new virtual tabletop, several D&D product announcements for 2023 and beyond, the To Save a Kingdom adventure path for Level Up is coming from Ian Publishing soon, and more, plus a brand new sketch about a DM who's resistant to branching out. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. The podcast this week is sponsored by Second Century Fox, creators of the world's most entertaining and dramatic illusions. From comic tales of poor people being oppressed by the elite to dramatic fables about poor people being oppressed by the uh, elite to sweeping sagas about uh, poor people being oppressed by... Look, can't they oppress someone other than just the poor people? I'm an equal opportunities oppressor. I've oppressed along with the best of them. Now, where's that screenplay I wrote? All the tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. My name is Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever. I am delighted to be here, and here joining us from the wilds and indeed cities of Faerun. It's the one. It's the only. It's it's me, Jessica from EN Publishing. Hmm. So what did you guys do this morning? Yeah, not much. Do you not remember <laughs> <Had breakfast>. us? <laughs> no, I've got a really short memory. Oh, that gee. is true, actually. Because yeah. well, yeah. the, the three of us, <laughs> the three of us all together, yes. went and saw the Dungeons and or Dragons movie. Mm. Yes. On a, amongst Thieves. And there yes. was, in fact, there weren't dragons, there was one dragon. There was two uh, dragons. There, there were two. There were two dragons. Yeah. There was a dragon. Oh, we'll, that, we'll save that till yeah. later. We'll save that till later because there's going to be spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we are going to dive yeah. into the film properly yes. later in a proper, and it's going to be a spoiler conversation. So much. Spoilers. So, if you, if you haven't seen the film, stop listening when it's, we get to that bit. It's so hard to talk. I can't. Yeah. I can't think of a way to talk about that film and explain why it's good yeah. without getting to spoilers. But yeah, but we'll yeah. do the week's yeah. news first. We'll do the week's news yes, first. But that's... I thought it might be fun before we get to that. If we just each do a. It's like a three-word no spoiler review. Three oh. words only okay. of. Okay. The Dungeons and Dragons movie, and then we can talk about it as much as you like after the news. Okay. Okay. So, right. so, so, right. Do you want to start, Jess? With your three words. I liked it. Okay. Better than Marvel. Ooh, ooh, high compliments. I would say fun, but forgettable hmm. for me. But that's you forgot where we went this morning. That's, so that's true. not really. Yeah, yeah. That's not really anything I to say on. The I film. don't even know who you people are. You just pop up on my screen from time to time, and I talk at you. And I understand exactly. I understand where you're coming from, but as may become evident later on in this show, I actually remember a great deal about this film. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. But okay. we should move on. Do the news. We have do the news. Other news. things to talk about. News. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. The big, the big, big thing this Woo. week. Mm. The big thing was Wizards of the Coast on Tuesday had a half hour mm. live stream yes. where there was a video in which they basically outlined their upcoming stuff. It was called D&D Direct mm-hmm. 2023. Mm-hmm. Half an hour, as I say. And they talked about things like the virtual tabletop and showed that off. 
They talked about the future of D&D in general. Um, they talked about the D&D movie and a lot of the tie-ins and stuff related to that. There was quite a lot of stuff kind of crammed into a quick half hour. Mm. So I thought we could quickly go through that. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's not all specifically RPG stuff. This is very much sort of D&D brand stuff because the movie's coming out with some RPG stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, but we but, established like over the past couple of weeks that nobody wants to release anything because you'd be releasing into Dungeons and Dragons on amongst thieves, and that would be the act of a lemon. Mm. Who, who's yeah. gonna like? Yeah, who's gonna, all, who, all the oxygen who, who in the room would, is sucked up by this film. And yeah, fair enough. Who, who would launch a Kickstarter next Tuesday? Only yeah. a lemon. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> that hi. Would be, that would be me. Yeah. Well, you're looking sort of really yellow. Mm. <laughs> In fact, Russ anyway, was anyway, already anyway, looking anyway. really yellow, but this week he's looking blue. Good times. Mm. Anyway. Mm. So anyway, so the first thing, I'm going to go yeah. through the things in order as they had it. So yeah. the first thing they had was a section on D&D Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft, but I okay. know what it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. But there is a D&D official Minecraft coming soon. I did right. see a Minecraft Beholder uh, right. just randomly when I was browsing into that. I'm like, Dup. yeah. What does that? Well, what does that mean? A well, I mean, like- I, I got to tell you, I am not. I am not the person to ask about Minecraft in general. No. Never having played it. That's fine. Um, I, I, yes. <laughs> I, I haven't played it, but Microsoft, I believe, owns it now. So mm. I suspect there'll be some sort of spin-off or is, like is, skin is, pack on sale or something. I- is the idea that you can play Dungeons and Dragons in Minecraft, or is it that you just wow. get Dungeons and Dragons branded stuff in your Minecraft game? So it's a stand, it's a standalone Minecraft iteration, as I understand it. Okay, okay. Dungeons and Dragons themed standalone Minecraft iteration. Okay. The game begins with figures at a table with a dungeon master. <laughs> and players can pick their character from a fighter, cleric, rogue, or wizard, and then enter mm. the world of the Forgotten Realms. Mm. Okay. So it's a full video game story, and it's the first Minecraft licensed downloadable content with voiceovers, and it has music, although it's not all fighting, it's also exploration and stuff, but it's not mm-hmm. like an open world. Okay. Apparently about a 10-hour playthrough. Okay. That's kind of all I really know about it, to be honest. That sounds odd, because the beauty of Minecraft, my understanding, was that it's just a sandbox open world, and you just go explore and make stuff. There's not really like a linear, you know... Digital yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, I mean, thing. you can you can, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's um there's a there's a monstrous compendium coming with it as well. Okay. So um this is these are these free documents that Wizards offers, and they did one for Spellcraft, and they did one for Dragonlance, I think. Oh. And now they're doing one for Minecraft, and you can download that from D and D Beyond or from Minecraft's website for free. Mm-hmm. Um, it translates some Minecraft creatures, and I don't know these creatures, but I assume that people who play Minecraft do. Creepers, yeah. Ender Dragons, Endermen. So yeah. it's D D stat blocks for things like that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So you can d- you can download that for free. Nice. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you. Any, I can't tell you much more, guys, because I don't. That's really know. no. That's fair um, enough. But that's yeah. what they. That's happening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm um, a little. I'm intrigued by that as how that will work, but okay. yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know. Yeah, so then they did uh, Honor Among Thieves movie trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they did sense. a cartoon song about teaching your friends D&D. That sounds fun. Which was fun. a choice. They did that. <laughs> uh, they I, then... Wow, okay. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> a thing. Cartoon song about teaching your friends D&D. You know what? I get the feeling we're not the target market here. It was say? not directed at me, no. It was not directed at me. I, oh. I, I, that's what I say about that. It was not directed at me. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Then it started talking about some of the D&D 
Honor Among Thieves tie-ins. Mm. So we got um, toys and figures and things like that. So you got um, uh, like uh, posable figures of the heroes in the movie, sure. the four main characters. And then you got um, posable figures of the original adventuring party okay. from the D and D cartoon, of whom who well, not really in it are they? The cameo in it, yeah. You cameo yeah. in it, yeah. Then there's dicelings, um, those those sort of D twenties that convert to D and D monsters. Um, so we've got uh, a Beholder, an Owlbear, and a Displacer Beast. Nice. We have Magic the Gathering cards. Okay. For those who play Magic the Gathering, of the, mm-hmm. uh, of, the, of the main characters and other things. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, so so there's uh, yeah Holger I'm looking at, and Zenk, and Edgin, Doric, Doric's Owlbear, Avenger, Simon the Wild Magic Sorcerer, yep. um, and, and things like that. Does, so it, say, does it say what, what class Holger is? Because I need to know. Holger was a relentless rager, human barbarian. Ooh, yes. Okay, fair enough then. Okay. Yeah. Is that she was clearly a fighter. I mean, yeah, it's like from a barbarian background, but fine, whatever. Back on. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try and do better next time. Yeah, please do. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'll try and come up with better news next time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to be a good news podcast, not a terrible news podcast. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so yeah. This, it's, uh, it's called Hasbro's March Monster Madness. And, you know, it's mm. D&D movie toys and Magic the Gathering cards and, yeah. you know, tie-ins to the movie, basically. A whole load, whole load of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. they're going they're going full-fledged with this thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we have stuff about R.A. Salvatore's new book, the final book in the way of the Drow trilogy, which is called Loth's Warrior. Um. I've not yeah. read this trilogy. I haven't read a Drizzt book in many years. Neither, neither have I, but I am familiar and have heard of. Yeah. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm very I'm... conscious of the fact that I keep saying these things and then saying, I don't know anything about this because that's not the thing that I do. And I've just done that with Minecraft. I've just done yeah. that with the, the toys, the Magic the Gathering cards. and do you do, <laughs> I just play D&D. All right. Yeah, I'm afraid that's my I've only... I've played some Magic, but I'm not currently playing... Competitively, yeah. no. My only real interaction with the brand is the is the RPG. Yeah. I have played, I have played Minecraft. Mm. That's all I have to say about that. Did you enjoy it? Is the question. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It's just, it's just like a sandbox building, gathering resources thing, which it's fine. My mm. nephew was really into it, which is why I played it more. Yeah. You can you can build in it. I think that is the big attraction of Minecraft. I like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea because I used to play Neverwinter Nights a lot, and what I really mm. used to love was building things and then seeing people play through the things I built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you mean, can do that in Minecraft. Yeah, it's it's very much more Lego. There's less pre-constructed bits, as I understand it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah. that lets you do some very impressive things. So yeah. Mm. yeah, and yeah, like that sort of open virtual space is attractive. People spend a lot of time on it. And fair play to them. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's good why not? Anyway, so yeah, new, new book in the way of the Drow Trilogy and uh, R.A. Salvador talking about the history of Drizzt and things like that. And, um, what did you say it was called? A Loth's Warrior or something like that? Loth's Warrior. Yeah, I, I bet it's a romance. It's all, it's all about Loth's Warrior. It sounds like it. Sounds yeah, like yeah. It. And then there was a trailer for the Neverwinter video game. Exciting. And they've got a new chapter, which is, well, you pronounce this Menzo Baranzan, but R.A. Salvatore was not saying it that way. He was saying it a different way. Um, but what basically, was the, the way city, he was saying the, it? The, the, I can't remember, but the okay. trial city where Drist comes from. I say yeah. Menzo Baranzan, he said Men- Menzo Berenzan or something, or, or something different. Anyway, okay. he put the emphasis somewhere else. Menzo okay. B. Arizon. 
Well, that's actually a middle rear initial. I guess. I guess he no. He yeah. made the word up. So yeah, the ah. best. I mean, the best person. If that's to how ask. he says it. Then I guess that's correct. But uh, um, and then the big news, of course, was the big stuff about the D and D digital play space, which is the upcoming virtual tabletop, and they showed a lot of videos of it yeah. um, and stuff like that. And it was it, it does look really, nice. It's flashy. Yeah. I mean, it's three D. You've got basically miniatures, three D miniatures, which move around on the three D isometric maps, which look yeah. like they can rotate around and stuff. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's special effects if you cast a fireball, it goes <laughs> and does a fireball. Yeah. So it's kind of designed to very much simulate yeah. an actual tabletop with battle with battle maps but with three D scenery. Yeah. yeah. It looks gorgeous, but I'm looking at it thinking how much work My suspicion is no. Do I have to put in to set that up? Do I get to place the tables, the carpets? Are those pre built? I bet it, I bet it's pre built rooms and yeah. Well we both aren't it? I reckon it'll be both. You'll be able to get pre-built rooms, and that'll be the yeah. way people most start. And but I bet you have mm. to pay for them. Using it, I but bet you, you pay will for also them. be able to go in and tinker with it and design your own rooms if you want to. But you don't have to. That is my yeah. guess. I don't know. That is a guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll be pre-built. Yeah. Yeah. I also imagine yeah. what they do is when they sell their adventure path books through mm. it, it'll be pre-built, so you walk through the adventure yeah. in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does look nice. I mean, you see the dice roll on the screen across the table. You see, like, special effects and spells yeah. happening. Yeah. The DM can sort of set mood and lighting and weather oh, and yeah, have all yeah. that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is all stuff you could do in Neverwinter Nights back in the day as well. You could do all of this stuff. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And they, they do talk about building blocks that people can yeah, break nice. apart and make their own content with. So that's what makes me think it's... So the community mm. can create and share assets... So I think, I think, yeah, I think it'll yeah. be quite flexible. That does sound fun. As long as there's a decent mechanism yeah. for people I mean, sharing. I think it's fun just building stuff in this. It'd be like in The Sims mm. when you build houses. Sorry. So someone Ooh. goes, I've built this amazing wizard's tower. You need a wizard's tower in your game, just whack it in there. Or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a playtest for it this year. Public playtest, apparently. Mm. Mm. So mm. right sense. now, D&D staff and yeah. limited friends and family are trying it at the moment. Yeah. And this is a pre-alpha build. But late 2023, they say there's going to be a playtest. Yeah, we should definitely, we should definitely have a playtest of it, the three of us, when it comes out. Oh, yeah. And then we could talk about it on our podcast. What an idea! What? I'll give it a go. I mean, especially if you can decouple it from the yeah. rules, because you can use it for other games as well, and that would be cool. What, what I wonder is if yeah, all the building blocks would, of course, be fantasy though. So there's only, I imagine, so there's only so yeah. many, mm-hmm. and only the specific sort of D and D fantasy. Anyway, so yeah, so that was the virtual tabletop. And I, I am excited about it. I do like the look of it, especially if it's decently flexible. Yeah. Hmm. I like existing virtual tabletops that are out there, so I'll, I'll probably have a look at this one and see what it does as well, because different ones do different things. And the, I think yeah. I've used about three. Yeah. And I've liked all of them in, in for, for different in diff- for different mm. things. So Yeah. Yeah. I find Roll20, I found a bit too fiddly for my liking to use i haven't tried foundry yet it looks pretty but i haven't tried it mm. yes very pretty i mean that said this is my perspective no i haven't run as a gm on right. it, so i haven't done any of the setting up any of that yeah. side of it but my gms that have done it have and all of them yeah. have said for most of them it's a learning curve but once you're there it's it's fine yeah but well, i kind of thought about these sort of things though <laughs> The setting up, if the setting up is too much, what if you want to throw in an encounter on the fly and you haven't set it up? You can't all... set it up in that much detail on the fly, can yeah, you? Yeah, the There are thing. things, you can, there are things yeah. you can do. You can have like a generic map handy and then it's a case of yeah. dragging in tokens. At least that's for Roll20. Yeah. I don't know how it would work for Foundry. Yeah, I mean, 
I just like having some freedom mm. for if the players go wild for me yeah. to be able to follow with them, to stay with them, or what they want to yeah. do. I feel that this sort of yeah. intense labour setup would be hard. Would be hard. Yeah, I think it does um, put more work on GMs as well. If this VTT though, if it's like a lot of pre-built stuff and you're able to drag it in really quickly and you're just like, right, I need a tavern room. I'll take tavern room yeah, 16, yeah. whack it in there. Yeah. Because I, for, sometimes it doesn't really matter the details, does it? No, no. I mean, I, I very much follow the school of, let's see what I've got and then take what I've got and hack it together to make something new, edit out bits of it, whack some resources from somewhere else in there and then make it my own. I'm entirely yeah. happy to do that. I'm sure that's feasible for this. I reckon it is. Yeah, yeah. But we'll, we'll know more here yeah, yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. You know, what we, we can really do is guess at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was that. Was that. So that's, that's coming late 2023. So then there was a newsroom skit. It was basically a comedy sketch with a newsreader uh, talking about a what? life-sized mimic and a baby owlbear escaping whiskers. This but, is just kind of a plug for toys. But this is this is, this is your shtick for us, uh, the comedy <laughs> skit. Yeah. Like, uh, Where they got the idea from? Yeah, well, yeah, because we invented comedy. We skits. did this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Was Before the first... us, there was no such it's thing. True. I mean, yeah. some could argue comedy as a genre itself started here. <laughs> um, I I wouldn't say that, but no, some people might. <laughs> I, I don't know if we could find a person that would say that, but I'm sure they exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Um, yeah, everybody's everybody's got a price. Okay. <laughs> there is more D and D news. I understand as well. What? So um, we're still on the D and D direct stuff here. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, you still uh, on? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 we had then had a section with uh, Joe uh, Manganello. Yes. Celebrity D&D fan extraordinaire. Yep. I'm doing an update about his the D&D documentary he is making. Oh, yeah. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. So he's he's busy making that documentary. Apparently, it's going to be really in-depth with lots of interviews and p- with people that you maybe haven't heard from before and lots of... Mm. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're into sort of D- the history of D&D, I think that, that will be really interesting. Mm-hmm. But you also hinted, mm. and, and I will say it's only a hint, at live-action... Jack and Lance TV show. I Ooh. heard that rumour as but well, he actually. hinted at it. So he has hinted at it before in the past. Oh. And this is another hint. And he was just talking about, I mean... Can they do it? He didn't say it was Without happening. being comedy. He, d- he didn't say yeah. it was happening specifically, but he did say that it was something that um, he'd been working on and really wanted to do. Is he just yeah. trying to will so, it into existence? So he's putting the feelers out there. There's websites, things like uh, Comic Book Resources, is saying Joe Manganello to head a live-action Dragonlance adaption, and things saying Dragonlancing TV show being worked on, confirmed by Wizard of the Coast, and stuff like that. So that is not quite what was said. No. But I will read out the exact words, and then you can decide for yourself what that means. Okay. Okay, so the exact words were in this D&D Direct video. Ultimately, it was my love for Dragonlance which opened the door for my involvement with the brand. Working tirelessly to develop a live-action version of the Dragonlance novels that have never been far from my thoughts throughout all these years since I first read them. That's all he said. Live-action version of the Dragonlance novels? And then he moved on to talk about the, do- the documentary. Oh. Yeah. So that's literally all he said, though. So you can decide whether that means there is a Dragonlance thing coming or not. Oh, man. But they're the exact words. I don't want to have to open up another streaming service. <laughs> I don't. I. I mean, I didn't do it for. Ga- I didn't do it for Game of Thrones, and 
I was going to watch it right. when it finished, and then well, it depends they where it, it appears. If it appears, mm. but it yeah, could be on any of the yeah, yeah, it's not going to be on Netflix now. Let's let's face it, and they'll cancel yeah. it if they do. <laughs> uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, so I yeah, yeah. But I mean, Amazon, nah, they've got Rings of Power and stuff. Oh, but yeah, I know. mean, it would be kind like a TV series would be kind of amazing. No, I think that's the only way to do it. I don't think you can yeah, do it with yeah. a movie because there's too much no. stuff there. No, no. It would be a fool's errand to try and stuff. Mm. I mean, it's going to be a, show a bit work. pricey, pricey, but oh, goodness, you could do some things. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're going to, it would definitely benefit from a conversion to the, the screen, I think. Mm. Dragon Dance series, yeah. Maybe they're waiting to see how well the movie does to... Because if it's going to be a big budget, maybe they're like, mm. okay, well, it's going to cost us a lot. Let's see if people yeah. actually want this before we yeah. Yeah. invest our squillions in this. Well, yeah, the movie's yeah. certainly doing well at Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what the sales figures are, the box office figures are like, but at Rotten oh. Tomatoes. We'll find out next week. We'll report it then, because then they'll have yes. opening weekend. True. Th- and that's, mm. I think the industry goes by that as the, yeah. is it going to do well? Yeah. 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 Similar to Kickstarter. I mean, sometimes yeah. get... Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. On a Kickstarter campaign after the first day, you kind of know how much it's no. probably going to make. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so the last bit of this D&D Direct presentation mm-hmm. was Chris Perkins and Jeremy Crawford, mm-hmm. lead designers of D&D over at Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. And they, they were talking about what to expect for the rest of this year and also talked about stuff going into the next couple of years as well. Oh, yeah. And basically, it's all centred around the concept of the D&D multiverse. Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone's doing multiverses at the moment, mm. but D&D is also doing the multiverse. I mean, D&D's always had the multiverse, so mm, it's, not, it's, not, it's not new to D&D, is it? But, no. So they did a recap of all the adventures so far, you know, the recent ones that have come out in the last year or so. Okay, um, They showed some of the art from Bigby Presents The Glory of the Giants. Mm-hmm. They talked a little bit about Fandelver and Below the Shattered Obelisk, which is coming later this year. That is a good name, i got to say. Apparently, and I have not noticed this, uh, over the last nine years, um, apparently mysterious obelisks have been appearing in adventures. <laughs> and this is the culmination of that yeah. bit of um, story hint dropping oh, okay. over numerous years, which I haven't noticed, but but that is a thing. Not not aware of this in any way, shape or form, mm. in honesty. I have actually run some of these adventures. I thought I'd have noticed, but apparently I'm just wrong. Yeah. Ah. Anyway. Yeah. This has been followed by Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse. Yeah. This is all stuff that they've announced before. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. They showed some of the artwork, and this Planescape Adventures in the Multiverse is going to lay groundwork for some kind of major adventure in 2024. Mm. And then lastly, for 2023, they're delving into the Deck of Many Things, with a book all about the Deck of Many Things and the story behind the legendary item. This I'm interested in, because the Deck yeah. of Many Things has been in a few campaigns I've played in, and it's, mm. it's just good fun. Good bit of chaotic fun. And it's so, kind of campaign ending at times, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I, get, I understand how it could. None of the situations I've had, that's been the case. Wow. Mm. That, that's some top quality GMing, because for me, it's like, if I say, yeah, well, I'm bored this campaign, I'll just throw a deck of... I've never been in that situation before. If I'm bored, I'll throw in the deck of many things, and then the chaos will just destroy everything. It has... Uh, job done. Sometimes it has changed the campaign and taken mm. it in a, on a detour in a different direction. Mm. Um, but it hasn't ended the campaign uh, in any way. Delighting. Um, but anyway. I mean, well done your GMs. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. I, I, have, I have good ones. But anyway, yeah. um, I'm excited to see like the, the story behind it because 
Yeah, because of that reason. Because I just think it's a really interesting, fun thing to throw in. And I think it's really fun to bring to the table because some players knew what it is and some didn't when I had it approach Mm. the table. And they actually had a deck of cards for it. Mm. And some of the characters didn't know what it was and some did. So it was... It's nice yeah. playing with both those things. Anyway. I had a player who decided he was going to just keep putting cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that happened. Someone was like, oh, you can draw some. They're like, oh, how many? And they're like, oh, as many as you want. They're like, I'll take five. And we're like, <laughs> all the players were just like, no! Um, <laughs> but it's, that's, because yeah. the character didn't know. They would, I think we were at like a fair or something like, like somewhere where there would be fortune tellers and people doing games yeah. and stuff. So it wasn't. Mm. It wasn't anything like too bizarre, so it made sense in context. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm looking forward to the deck of many things. Uh, yeah. That might actually be something I look to pick up, maybe. Anyway, so moving into 2024, mm-hmm. Vecna is returning. Oh, uh, so Vecna is a major, major D and D villain over the years. I don't think Vecna's shown up at all in in 5e. Well, Not they did well. that preview when um, Stranger Things. Because the last series they mm. called the big bad Vecna. Oh right, yeah. And they yeah, did a, true. they did, they did a, like um, a little preview of Vecna on their site for mm. that. Yeah. It's been nodded at. That's pretty why they brought him back because they're like Stranger Things. Yes, please. Possibly, yeah. I, and I mean, and let's to... not forget, of course, the legendary body parts of Vecna, the eye of Vecna, the hand of Vecna, and most famously of all, amongst the cognoscenti, the head of Vecna. <laughs> I apologize. Yes. Let's move on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A, a, a little Vecna joke, though. Yeah. It, w- it was great. You can tell it was a good joke because everybody laughed. <laughs> well, Russ snickered. And I was happy on the inside. Okay. Isn't that the important thing? Anyway, yeah, yeah anyway, sorry, you were saying. Right. So, um, this is t- that's 2024, and there's a world-hopping adventure that's going to celebrate D&D's 50 years of history and will reveal deeper plots for years to come. So, there's going to be a lot more coming in the next five years, Woo. and they've talked about a couple of things. So um, the Red Wizards of Fae are going to be featured in a 2025 adventure. Mm-hmm. And Venga from the D&D cartoon will be the main antagonist in another future adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, most, memorable for, of... most memorable to me for only having one horn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only one horn. No. The League of Malevolence, but not like a unicorn. No, no. Which He's is like supposed side, to only have one horn. Yes. A side head. Horn. A missing horn, an actual missing horn. Yes. I, I mean, you know, just assuming symmetry is rude, I guess, but he does look a bit funny. But yeah, <laughs> maybe he likes it like that. Maybe it's a choice. Oh, you're saying it's an affectation, like a, you know, a goatee or something. Or soul but why patch. wouldn't he fix the horn? He's a powerful whatever he is. Wizard? Is he a wizard? I can't Probably, remember. Probably. Yeah. I think he. I think he predates sorcerers. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, are you okay there, Jessica? <laughs> I'm just assessing my life choices and what I choose to do with my days. So that's fine, Karen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, finally, the uh, League of Malevolence, yeah. and that was introduced in the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, is going to show up in stories to come, seeking power <laughs> across yeah. the multiverse. Yeah. Fair enough. And that was it. And that was the end of it. Um, there's lots of adventures. Some of them are intercorrect, building into a big story that plays out across the multiverse. Yeah. And they've got stuff planned for the next five years. Um, that's nice. That's quite a lot for half an hour. Because yeah. we've just yeah. talked about it, and we've spent about half an hour talking about it. Yeah. We did digress quite a bit. Yeah, but that's our, that's, us, our, that's our style. <laughs> that's our brand, i got to say, at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Serving, yeah. yeah, we're very waffly people. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that, that was that. And that's anyway, all so... the D&D news. Okay. Um, week, is it? 
curious of it. I think it might be, unless you know of some more. I don't, but yeah. I'll happily talk okay. about TTRPG news that is not D&D. Okay, let's do that. Yes, let's. What you got, Jess? Well, I've got something that Peter's excited about as well, because we, we spoke about it just before we started yes. recording. Um, Twilight Imperium, the role-playing mm. game. Mm. Okay. So it's been delayed quite a bit, yes. but the game Embers of the Imperium is on its way. Mm-hmm. Using the Genesis system. Ooh. And it's based, as some people may know, on the board game, uh, the 4X board game Twilight Imperium, which both mm-hmm. Peter and I have played and enjoyed. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. I don't really have much information, um, but uh, it says the core rulebook is currently shipping to retailers in Europe and in transit to North America, and the PDFs is coming soon to drive through RPG. So I don't know specific dates, but soon is what's being said. Mm. Um, but I'm so, excited about it. Yes. No, I mean, it's a game where you do not have to in any way engage with the law, but mm. there is like bits of law that they've got thrown out. And I have mm. to yeah. say, it throws in politics stages as well, which yeah. makes it sort of a natural fit for all players. Um, and really yes, there's a lot of really interesting stuff, a lot of really interesting and quite cool art that they've generated for it. So I'm, yeah. I'm like, could I run it? I don't know, but. I could have a go, couldn't I? I don't know. It's like, oh, you, you can, but try. Yes, yes. I don't know how I would translate it to a board game because it is really an epic scale. So yeah. maybe mm. we'll have advice on how to do that. Maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I am, it's one of those books that I'm actually quite tempted to pick up for the art and the stories. Yes. Uh, and I have to say, right, that is a, that is a group to which virtually no books belong. Uh, in the role-playing game genre. So there you go. That That's my thing. I actually would like a copy of this book. So yeah, yeah. god damn it. Sorry, excuse my French. But, yeah. ah! It is. I'm excited for it because yeah. the board game mm. is such a big, epic thing. Like I've sat down mm. to play with my friends uh, yeah. and we did eight of us. And so we put aside about 12 hours to play because that is what Wrong. the game demands. And it's very big, epic, sweeping, and it feels like you're part of yes. a big thing when you're playing. And I think that would translate so well to a role-playing game. Um yeah. I mean, 4th yeah. edition is much faster, which yeah. I appreciate. You can actually play that in an evening and finish it. Lies. Not, I, not I, will, day, I don't believe you. I don't believe it, you. I, I've done it. I've, I've actually played through it. It took less than six hours. I'm, I'm sorry, Jessica, Peter. I no am in disbelief. More, no one was more surprised than I was. I have, I have to say, I very rarely win Twilight Imperium, generally because for some reason, there I am quietly building the armies of Mordor, as one of my friends described it, and then suddenly people are attacking me and then I'm fighting them. I'm having the time of my life. I'm not winning the game, but I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> and that's and that's what role-playing so is. We yeah. don't play role-playing games to win. We play them to, to tell epic stories. And I think I think uh, this, this setting will provide yeah. that. I, I think there's a lot to be said for it as a role-player. Um, and it's yeah. actually surprisingly simple. It just yeah. takes a while. Yeah. It's just long, yeah. yeah. But anyway. And you can get faster. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Russ has never played this game, I suspect, so we should... Pr- oh, I should bring along my copy of Further, and then we can play it at some point. <sighs> I don't know if we have the time, man. I don't know if we have the time. <laughs> anyway, yes. other TTRPG news that is not D&D yes. is there is... I don't know much about this, but Fablecraft. Does anyone know much about this? Nope. Got okay. a nice name. Is this cool. the one with the dragon? Is it a dragon? There, are, Yeah, the, the logo is like a stone purpley dragon thing with horns and stuff. I mean, it it looks like a dragon, but it's got like these massive horns, and the wings are sort of like crystal shards, which don't appear to yeah. be held together. Yeah, yeah, 
I so mean, like an element, almost like an elemental stone beast thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it says it's that so they're announcing the crowdfunding campaign for the digital first RPG. Yeah, it's a video game, isn't it? Well, it well it's saying the app will recreate tabletop gaming experience using unique mm. role system and fully in full integration of video, audio, and text chat. Mm. So I think the idea is a platform to play it. So it's not like a, it's not meant to be a video game. It is very much like almost like a VTT type thing, right? Mm. Okay. But that and it's going to be uh, the free to play app is going to be available on Windows, Mac, Android, and iOS mm. with starter adventure of assets and stuff. So very much a thing you can buy. It's also going to have a marketplace, and the yeah the Kickstarter campaign is uh, scheduled to launch next month on May the ninth. So that just seems interesting to me. I don't know that much about it, which is why I kind of said Fablecraft discuss. I didn't know if either mm. of you knew more about it. That's an interesting idea then. So mm-hmm. if it is literally, it's a tabletop RPG presented in digital format as opposed to a video game, yes. which I get what you mean, yeah. the difference there. Yes. But is that, that seems like a new thing. Maybe. It it does feel that way, doesn't it? I think it's, but the thing is, I think, I think this is the way that tabletop games are going to go, especially with D&D doing their own platform. I think people are going to get so used to playing so with how, all that how, online. How, how does that how does that differ from just buying the adventure for a virtual tabletop though? I don't know. No, it seems like it's similar to that except it's their own virtual tabletop maybe. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess, which I seems know. like a lot of work to do to develop your own virtual tabletop when you could just design it for an existing one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking it's about. It's easier know. to run it or something if you're uh-huh. doing a tabletop designed to support just your game. I don't mm. know. It feels like there's a, that that'd be a lot to learn. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. I but like I said, I think now that D and D is doing their own one, I think people are going to expect uh, are going to get used to playing that way and going to expect it. And so if they they move to a game system that doesn't have that, I think they're going to be disappointed and not like it. Because I know yeah. already some people, like we're building our character builder at the moment for Level Up Advanced 5th Edition. We've just got the simple Level 1 character generator on the tool site at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I know some people that have moved to Level Up from D&D said, oh, I do miss having D&D Beyond to level up my character and do yeah. it online. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. we, we, are, we are developing that, so it will be there, yeah. but... I think people get used to things like that, and yeah. when it's not there, yeah. so I, I think yeah, kind of I'm I'm intrigued this. by this. It it yeah, does limit who you can play it, who you can run yeah. it for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, looking at it, so yeah, basically, you look at the description. I'm looking at the website now. It basically describes a VTT, all the stuff is. So it yes. is their own VTT, which runs just their own game. Yeah. So I guess basically it means that you can customize the actual VTT, virtual tabletop. Yeah. Yeah. Specimate a lot more stuff than maybe mm-hmm. a module on a generic VTT could. I don't know. That's kind of my my guess. It's interesting though, and it looks very pretty. Yeah. Really. I mean, it's, it looks nicer than like a roll twenty module does. Mm. I, I mean, you're not comparing like with like okay. that. To be fair, yeah, but yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So I yeah, so I just think that's interesting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that. Um, we'll mm. probably talk we'll probably talk about that in May when it's the Kickstarter's live and has more more details. Yeah. Be, be interesting to see how far along it is and so forth. Mm-hmm. There's something else that caught my eye. Go Terminator on, 2, Judgment Day. One of the best action films of all time. I think we can all agree. Anyone who says otherwise is wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. And still stands up to this day as well. The special effects in that film, they're a little bit ropey in places, but generally speaking, that film still stands up to this day. It. Yeah, I would Good agree with you on effects. that. Mm. It's, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, of course, the Terminator RPG, Terminator RPG <laughs> came out, I think it was like last year. 
um, from Nightfall Games. Yeah. So this is a source book for that, and it's hit yeah. Kickstarter. Nice. Basically, it's got um, stats and things for the T1000. allows you to play good, in inverted commas, Terminators, instead of just resistance fighters. Mm. So, yeah, you, you have uh, T1000's playable Terminators, Time Displacement Commandos. Sounds fun. Featuring all the main characters from the movies. You've got Sarah Connor, John Connor, Miles Dyson, the T-800, the T-1000. I mean, even if you don't want to play it, it's kind of, if you like Terminator, it might be worth buying just because these books are kind of coffee table lore books as well, in a way, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I mean, they use, it uses their Nightfall Games' S5S system. And I don't really know it, but it's a D10 based rule system. Okay. I quite like D10s, so. Yeah. They're, they're a nice they're dice. They're a nice dice, yeah. yeah. It's on Kickstarter now, and it's going to be around for another 20 days. Ooh, good times. Yeah. Hey, talking of Kickstarters, Jess, mm-hmm. have you any mm-hmm. Kickstarter-based news that you might like to share with the listeners? I do, Russell. <laughs> Thank you, Thank Jessica. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so the next Level Up Advanced 5th Edition book is going to be coming out next week. So we've got the Kickstarter, Ooh. like, to follow page. So you can follow that now. Um, it is called it's uh, to save a kingdom, uh, yep. which is the adventure path for level up with advanced fifth edition. So it follows on from mm. memories of Holdenshire. So if you've played that, that's kind of our starter adventure for mm. levels like one to, to three, which is really good because it introduces. If you're used to playing five e and you want to try level up, it's a really good starter adventure to because it yep. like kind of shows you what's different in level up as you play through. You can yep. also you could also use it to play five e as well. So if you want to mm. do that. And Save a Kingdom follows on from that, takes you through level 3 to 13, so it's a much... It's, like, over 400 pages. Mm. You're, it's in layout now, so, Russ, you've been, like, doing the final... So much and editing and so it. much proofing, yes. Yes. <laughs> so we have published the Save a Kingdom adventures for, like, Pathfinder and 5e before, but in this book, it's been, as if I say, greatly mm-hmm. expanded, more editing, more, like, just, like... Really fully fleshed out. It's over 400 pages. Mm. It's a really big, epic adventure path, mm. which is really exciting. And it's got like three parts to it. The first yes. part is to slay a dragon. Guess what you do in that <laughs> campaign? <laughs> and the se- again, the second one is to stake a vampire. Yep. Again, guess guess the theme. And <laughs> third is to smite a fiend. Right. So I think it's pretty... Yeah, <laughs> you, you can tell mm. when you get there. But yeah, it's really big, really epic. I really like, especially in To Slay a Dragon at the beginning, you're in Holdenshire. Yes. There's loads of stuff going on. The way it's laid out, I'm looking at it from new GM eyes. It seems really accessible for a GM because you don't have to do everything. There's a load of stuff going on there and mm. you can just lay it out for your players and your players can go and explore the bits that they like and also ignore the bits they don't. And the book mm. is really well, kind of gives you good instruction on if your players don't do this and go here, that's fine. You eventually need to get them to this next bit later. Here's how you do it if they run away or do weird stuff. Like it's got things like that in there. Sandboxy is the uh, is the term. Yes. Yeah. It's ve- yeah, yeah. That that first part feels really sandboxy, which feels really nice and just lets your players explore and be interested in what they're interested in, which I think is so great when you're doing a new yeah. adventure path because then you get a sense of what the table likes and yeah. helps you also with, with the Also, what that does really well is it um, really invests you in the central location, which is Holdenshire and yes. Hengisbury and the surrounding mm. areas. Yeah. You get to know the places and you get to know the people. And as the, as the adventures yes. progress, things happen to these places and people and they're places and people mm-hmm. that you know. And that really... And it roots you in the world really well. Yes, because um, it's set in Elisar, which um, there's worlds of Elisar 
I think dot com or something where you can yeah. see like the, the world of edisar dot com. Yeah, that's the one. So you've got the maps and the settings there, so you can see the world and check that out. Yeah. Uh, so it's already existing thing, but yeah, so I, I'm really excited for it. So it's going to be launching next week, and we're also launching next week an actual play that goes with it, which I'm hmm. again very excited about. So if you want to, if if you want to see people playing through the adventure, they're not going to do the whole thing obviously because they're only doing eight weeks, so they're gonna start playing it and you know if people like it we'll, we'll carry it on um but the idea is that you can get a sense of kind of the adventure and see people playing it and we've got a really awesome cast so we've got lexi mcqueen who's going to be the narrator Ooh. and lexi's like gm for like matt mercer like she, they're a, an amazing gm so i'm so Quite excited Trump, to have them yeah. yes yeah. yeah and i really love their storytelling so i'm so excited mm. uh we've got loads of awesome players we've got um madeline mason hamner shaheed drac uh also savannah broadway editor of the gate pass gazette is also Ooh. playing as a player Yay. Because I think it's always good to have a rules Zana. expert on the table. Yeah, Zana knows, Zana knows level up very well. Yeah, so well, well yeah. being the editor of the Gate Pass yeah. Gazette, the official level right. up magazine, they would. You pick up a thing or two, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, and there's a Discord where myself and the players and the GM have been chatting uh, the last week, and there's some cool stuff. We have got a website for it, which I'll get. Um, link in the podcast show notes if you want to see more about the the players and and the characters as they go up more information on the way it's that's a really good point it's on thursdays uh so it'll be on um if you go to enworld.live you can see our full calendar all our shows and stuff and that's listed Mm. on there so it's uh, thursdays at 7 p.m eastern is when it starts but it'll also be on youtube and facebook um and a podcast version so you can catch up at your leisure when Mm. it suits you as well yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's all launching next week. So this week's been running around getting stuff sorted for that, which is really exciting. And Russ has been very, very busy editing and trying to lay out and all stuff. Stop stuff we all know on. how much I enjoy editing. You do, yeah. But th- this <laughs> one, so it's launching next <laughs> week. Um, and so it's in the last 30 days. And mm. then at the end, we're going to give you the PDF immediately, uh, as yeah. we always do. So you could be, you could start running this for you know for your group from may if you wanted you'll get the pdf straight away and we're planning on doing a quick turnaround on the fulfillment so myself and zin are working hard on getting all the logistics and fulfillment in place and because the dungeon delvers guide that finished in october last year and we've finished fulfillment Mm. now already um and so we're doing that same timeline for this one yeah um so hopefully that means people will have it by september october time have the physical books with you okay which is pretty quick in kickstarter world Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. So, um, but yeah, so you'll have the PDF straight away. So you can run with the PDF, but the books we're hoping to get to you, yeah, September, October time, but definitely before Christmas. Mm. Um, I'm just looking at the map thinking it's just, it's a shame we don't have like cultures specific to LSR to go with the book because that would just be We have got a culture. Because they could really localize it. We have, well, wouldn't you know it, Peter? There is one. Uh, Oh, that's all I checked. There wasn't. Cultures, backgrounds, and features. Okay, nice. Oh, there's only one culture, I yeah. think. Yeah, Ostenad Horse Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let um, me a background yeah. and a whole bunch and a whole load yes. of marbles. So yeah, so the Ostenad Ostenad that's pronounced. I've only seen it. Ostenad. Ostenad. I guess if you wanted. It's Leviosa. Anyway, uh, Horse Lords. So they're a culture of mounted warriors who who uh, live across the plains, and they're like kind of nomadic people that you know live in small settlements and always accompanied by their mounts. And horses are important to them, obviously. Um, so that culture is in the book. Like like Russ said, there's like 
I think about ten new feats. Yeah, they're they're, they're kind of the Rohirrim ish. Yes, yes, yes. I, uh, yes. I picked that up. The signs were subtle, but they were there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, there's five yeah. strongholds in the campaign as well that you could pick up and put in your own as well, I guess. And there's loads of magic items, weapons, and artifacts as well. So there is. And lots of new monsters and exploration so, yes. challenges. So it is it is primarily an adventure path, obviously. Uh, but there is some player-facing stuff in there as well. Um, but yeah, if you check, I mean, yeah. check out the Kickstarter. It's got the full details on it. Um, and there's some articles on levelup5e.com, uh, which talks about the campaign. And it is for 5e as well, not yeah, just 5e. So you yeah, can yeah. Absolutely, you can use 5e. it for, for 5e as yeah. well. Uh, yeah. And if you play Pathfinder, there's already a Pathfinder version of this kind of out there as well. Well, it's like the, this mm. one's a lot more expanded, but... You know. Yeah. Suhu, Urban Arcana. Do either of you remember Urban Arcana? No. No. So this was back in the D20 days. Oh. Um, D20 Modern was was Wizards kind of official D20. <coughs> well, Modern rules yeah. that. D20 Power yeah. Modern rules that. And um, Evil Genius Games rebooted it. Like It was like last year, was it? Or the year before? Very recently. But, with Everyday Heroes. Yes, I remember that, yeah. Do you recall that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they are now also rebooting Urban Arcana as a supplement. Okay. And Urban Arcana is basically modern plus magic. Mm-hmm. So, you might use it to play, I I don't know, like Buffy or something. Or I'm, I'm trying to think of examples now. There's millions of them. Examples of modern day plus magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like so, early fantasies. Um, all, all yeah, sorts yeah, of things. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry Dresden, that sort of jazz, etc. Yeah. yeah. Rivers of London. Yeah. yeah. So this was a way to well probably so, like American American nineties TV shows right yeah with you yeah mm, <laughs> yeah 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 so that's coming to Kickstarter later this year I don't know when exactly it's upcoming at some point it's a source book for Everyday Heroes which is their D twenty modern reboot mm. uh, and by the people that did D twenty modern back in the day strong guys based on obviously five E this time rather than three yeah, E yeah. which the D twenty system was based on at the time so based on five E. Yeah. Yeah, and they're going to have um, a fully-fledged product line, apparently. Um, so it's not just the one book. There's going to be a player's handbook, a game master's guide, a bestiary, things like that. Playable races, all you would find in the setting. Elves, dwarves, half-orcs, spellcasting system, magic items, artifacts, mythical beasts, all within the modern era. Sounds thoroughly Thank modern. Shadowrun. <laughs> Deep yeah, pretty Shadowrun. Yeah, you could, you could do, yeah, nope. yeah, you could do, you could do Shadowrun. Please don't edit me badly, Daryl. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's a, that's a thing that is coming. Yeah. Really? And I am mildly interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look forward to seeing it. Um, oh, I suppose one more thing for the new section. There is on the landing page, the starting off page to get you going on D&D adventures. It has all sorts of free stuff. There's also uh, a little choose your own adventure called Before the Storm. When I say little, I, I mean very small. Essentially... It's a text-based adventure with some small cartoon-like drawings. It's sort of like in the Flash... You know what? It really reminds me of Flash animations. Okay. Um, so, obviously, this is dating me incredibly. And uh, should we have any younger listeners, I apologise for confusing and bamboozling you. <laughs> uh, but essentially, it's like you click and it sort of like fades to... It puts some extra text on and you can choose between... Five different classes. Cleric, rogue, fighter, wizard, or paladin. Um, I ran through it as a fighter, had like a little adventure, and then was on a boat. Apparently, this is an excellent introduction to, I want to say, Dragons of Icebar Peak, which is the starter adventure. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And and where is this? 
dndbeyond.com slash begin slash en. Okay, yeah, so that's an official thing coming from Wizards. That is an official yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, link's in the chat and uh, should hopefully make it to the show notes as well. Yeah, it's... Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's okay. It's like quite jolly. I can see how it's quite a nice way to get people started. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And with that, I think we might have run out of news. I think that the only other news which we'll get into next is the D&D movie, which has, you know, in theatres yeah. now. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so the zombie lurches forward and attempts to bite you. <sighs> zombies? Again? Why is it always zombies? I know, right? Every week it's zombie this and zombie that. Frankly, I am all zombie there. Um, what are you trying to say? Well, we're just trying to say that we're, we're sick of zombies. Can you add a bit more, you know, variety into our campaign? Um, variety? I, have you know, you've met like three different types of zombie already just this evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow zombie, fast zombie, and zombie with no head. They're all still zombies. Yeah, can't you introduce some, you know, bear owls or goblins or something? Uh, fine, fine, okay. Uh, variety, uh, ugh. Right, okay. Right, okay. Right, so you enter the dungeon. And meet a zombie? No, no. You meet, um, a... a troll. Oh, that's more like it. Okay, troll, let's have at ya. Okay, so the troll lurches forward. Oh, this is sounding familiar. And tries to bite you. Is this troll really a zombie? No. Are you sure... Okay, fine. Yeah, fine. I mean, it is a zombie, but I, I you know, because I was like reskinning it. Reskinning it. You know, for the sake of the variety you wanted. You reskinned a zombie as a troll. Yes, exactly. Variety. But it is still a zombie. Why don't you just use an actual troll? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I see. Like, so, so like that's what you mean when you're saying variety. Kind of feel we were clear, <laughs> but never mind. Carry on. Okay, alright, so, okay, so, anyway, so we're at the bottom of the dungeon. You enter the dragon's lair. Is the dragon home? Yes. It's curled up on its pile of gold and it opens one eye and glares at you. <laughs> I draw my sword. I string my short bow. Great. So the dragon lurches towards you. Lurches. And bites you for, hang on, let me just... Three damage. Three damage? From a dragon? Oh, yes. Uh, and could you just make a saving throw? This is a zombie again, isn't it? No. No. Yes, it is. Admit it. Okay, fine. I mean, it is a zombie, but it's reskinned as a dragon. But you don't need to reskin a zombie to make a dragon. The game already has dragons in it. Yeah, but not zombie dragons, though. Look, if you cannot introduce a single monster that is not a zombie or a reskin zombie, or a zombie variant, or... So, so not, not even like a, a zombie pirate? Nope. Okay, zombie T-Rexes. That does sound... Wait, no, no. I nearly fell for that one. Okay, but Bella, what about like zombie war mammoths? No. Zombie spiders? Ooh, didn't they do that at Harvard or something? And no. <sighs> okay, uh... Oh, zombie skeletons. What? How would that even work? Look... No zombies. It's as simple as that. Okay, fine. Well, I'll give in if that's what you want. Like, so, okay, no more zombies then. Thank you. Now then, what's next? Um, so you meet a zombie. What? What part 
of no zombies did you not understand? I'm sorry, I, I can't help it. Can't help it? I just really like having zombies in the game so much. Clearly. Look, let's start simple. What about a nice bear owl? Okay, all right, okay. So you turn the corner and come face to face with a bear owl. <laughs> that wasn't so hard, was it? A zombie bear owl! Ah! Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget, patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? Right, I guess it is time to talk all about the cinematic entertainment experience which we three shared this very morning, yes. this yes. very Friday morning, yes. at 10am, which is obviously the time you watch movies. It's when you've got a podcast to record. I was grumpy about having to watch a movie at 10am, but I did it, nonetheless, <laughs> for the sake of the podcast. You got a bacon sandwich out of it as well, so you know. I, I did get a bacon and brie baguette thing, that is That's very it. true. It yeah. So this won't be a spoilers-free discussion. So if people ah, have not seen the so movie and would yeah. prefer not to hear about it, now is yeah. the time to say goodbye to us this week and come back yeah. and listen afterwards. It's yeah. been great, but honestly, I can't really talk about this movie without massive amounts of spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't be much fun either. So, yeah. yeah. So, spoilers. So, watch the movie, then come back and listen to this. So, as yeah. of this moment, or it's very if, if you don't care zone. about spoilers, you can listen or to this. Yeah. Yeah. But, but as of this moment... If you hear a spoiler now, it's your own fault. Yeah, it's really on you. You. You, have, you have been warned. It's in the episode, yeah. or it's in the title of this uh, show's episode as well. Like, there are spoilers here. Like, seriously, yeah. guys. Yeah. Right, so, what do we think? Then? Let's, let's, let's start with a more broad overview, and then we can dive into it in detail. Yeah. What, what, do we, what do we think? I know, Peter, you are the most enthusiastic of us, hmm. I think. I'm probably the... No, I, I, hope, I hope to talk you around. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm I in the middle. Like it at all. Yeah. I, I think it. I'm I in the it. middle, and I think yeah. you're on the lower end, Russ. So, yeah, but I still liked it. Bear in mind, the lower end is still someone who liked it. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody yeah. here that didn't like the film. Yeah. So we, we, all, we all agree that this was a likable film. Yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't mind that I went to the cinema and paid money for it. Yeah. Mm. It's important to calibrate your expectations. Mm-hmm. Like this is not. But the thing is, the level of sci-fi nowadays is a lot higher than it used to be. Like, Time Wars, you had, like, maybe one quality film per decade, if you're lucky. And now, we've got everything everywhere all at once. We've had Arrival. They're, they're just coming along, like, pretty regular, mm. considering we've had a major stoppage to production yeah. of films. Yeah. So, you um, know, yeah. you've got yeah, to put so it in context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so I said, basically, it's, it's a decent, fun film, worth mm. watching. Yeah. I don't think it... I mean, it didn't blow me away, but yeah. it, I enjoyed watching it. I'm glad yeah. I watched it. Mm-hmm. I won't be thinking about it. Much in the future. Not in your dreams yeah. tonight when you go to yeah, sleep. It's, it's not going to be one of those films that, that sits with me for years, yeah. like some do, but it's, it's okay. Yeah. So it, it feels unlikely to have refrigerator moments in it, which is where you like get up, go get yourself a drink, and has you all got the door open, you're like, wait a minute, 
Um, mm. It's yeah. not really that sort of film. I also um, noticed I a lack. I also noticed the lack of refrigerators as content in the film as well, Peter. So mm. I'm glad you brought mm. that up. Mm. Yeah. Um, so for the refrigerator <laughs> in films demographic, yeah. this is not your movie. We're just no. saying that straight out. But- both thumbs down if you are want refrigerators in your fantasy movies. Yeah. But but what so, was in the film that I did like yes. is yeah. that it did feel like a D and D adventure or or actually yes. a TTRPG adventure. Probably it felt very D and D because it was in that world had loads of yeah. references which we'll talk about. But for me, yeah. it the way the 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 story is written, it felt like we need to go here and get this thing. Okay, we've got that. Now the next thing. And then that's kind yeah. of how a lot of classic mm. D campaigns are structured. Like you go to yeah, different places to get things. Yeah. And, and yeah. it felt very much like that. And it and it fit in. And also the scale of the villain felt appropriate for the mm. level of the character. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking not just the villain, but the scale of the plot in general. Yes. It wasn't save the world from the mind player invasion. It wasn't anything oh, yeah, like yeah. that. The story was small, yeah. it was about um, Edgin, played by Chris Pine, yeah. wanted to get a device to bring back his dead wife, and that was basically that was basically the plot of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it was a it was a smallish personal story. Of course, yeah. bigger villains came in and at the end yeah. of stuff, but that was basically the the, the setup, the premise. Yeah. So I, I liked that about it that they they didn't like jump at the temptation just to make it world epic, world shattering epic stuff and yeah. keep yeah. it keep it relatable. I think yes. Yeah, I like that. It felt like an adventure that you could run for your party. It was yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Um, sets and realistic expectations of the sort of adventure you can run for your party would be my big would be the big big content yeah. warning I'd whack on it well, because like it looks easy, but what they did was really hard. I mean, it was scripted they, and they're very uh, witty and they're very you know yeah, yes. that's uh, not the editors, the editors did an amazing job. On getting that film right. If you want to see a poorly edited film, I refer you to uh, Quantum Mania hmm. with Ant Man because oh my god, that film is so badly edited. I haven't seen it. It's not. It's not like. Well, I'd say poorly edited. Maybe they just didn't shoot it. But there's like a lot of stuff that landed on the cutting room floor that needed to have been in there. Mm. Like it's it that like like that's the latest Marvel movie I've seen. So it's quite fresh in my mind. I don't know about the budgets, but it feels like there was a lot of money thrown at it, and it just felt a lot more shallow. Which is quite impressive, really, because I, I, I am famously outspoken. Not, not D&D. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I yeah, talk yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you yeah. know, this is the sort of film that you, you know, you're, you want to compare like with like. This isn't an indie cult classic in waiting. Yeah. Or anything like that. Yeah. This is, this is Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. fantasy. It really is. It's the same style of humour, the same yeah. sort of jokes. It is that, I, it is yeah. that brand of film. I, if you I, like I, that brand of film, you'll like this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Russ. Um, in terms well, of like same kind of jokes. Yeah, I know. Me disagreeing with you. Shocking. <laughs> but no, I, 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 felt it, I felt it hung together a lot better. Um, I mean, I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy and I quite liked it. But that was huh. because of the rest of the cast. I didn't actually like the main cast. See, and, I, since, and since the guy's I, name, right? Is Peter? You'd have thought he was about the same oh, age as me. See, I, you'd have I, thought that'd be a shoe in. Do you know what I mean? I have the opposite opinion. Yeah. You see, I I think the first, the, the second one wasn't so good. For the first mm. Guardians of the Galaxy film, I think yeah. I feel like I, I feel like the chemistry of that group of mm. characters was really, really good, and that's what sold the film. And oh, the time, and yeah. the humor, and the comedic timing, and all that sort of stuff, which I do think was a an edge above this D and D movie. I do think it was. Oh, fair enough. 
Not that this one was bad, but I think the first Guardians of the Galaxy, if you like that sort of thing, was an edge above, I think. So what, bringing us back to the film we're Mm. meant to be talking about, which is Dungeons and Dragons on the Red Seas. The thing is, it's inviting comparison. That's true, yeah. Yeah. What did you think about the chemistry between the characters then? See, that was, I think, was one of the weaker points. See, I didn't feel it that much. Mm. I think all of them were were great individual characters. Mm -hmm. You know, they were great Mm. actors doing really good work. Yeah. But I didn't really feel the chemistry between the characters all that much in the same way that okay. I did in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I was trying to say about that. Mm. Mm. That is true. Because I think they did a lot of the classic D&D tropes. Like they had the two friends, like, um, yeah. I've forgotten everyone. I'd forgotten everyone. Ed and Holger. Yeah, Ed, there, there, there we go. Yeah. Ed and mm. Holger, the two, like, we're long-standing friends. We've got each other's back. That's a really classic yeah. D&D trope. Great. Love it. And that was the strongest bond in there. And the strongest, yeah. To, to, to yeah. an extent. But one of the areas where they completely subverted expectations was by having this be in no way a romantic relationship. Yes, I yeah. like that for film, and I'm so glad. Yeah, there is no will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. They're like nah. no, yeah, 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 they won't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but yes. while still being friends, yeah, yeah, and like I don't know how to express to you how rare an event it is seeing that sort of thing and actual oh, friendship. Yeah, yeah. Between a man and a woman without sexual chemistry on screen. I know. If, I if you can if you can come up with another example, let me know because I need to watch this. Oh, I do. I do have some. I can't no. think of any right now, yeah. but there, yeah, are, there, there are, are there are a few. Uh, but uh, there please, are Please rare. let us know because yes. you know I I, I I actually really like it. I like um, same. Uh, what's it? Four Love and Thunder and the previous four movie with Tess Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. Again, I'm drawing back to the Marvel examples. It's that bromance. Uh, I say bromance, which is carries a lot of that film because otherwise it's just a, it just doesn't have any emotion to it, mm. any sincerity to it. It's really yeah. inauthentic, which I hate with a passion. But yeah, but I felt they were very, very authentic. But um, yeah, and and that sort of <laughs> kind of <laughs> like get the oh, sentence out, Peter. Come on. Sorry, it's you like, can do um, this. I I I I, I very much enjoyed. The, the familiarity of the old friendship that they had between yes. them, which considering that I don't think they've ever worked together before, is actually really quite impressive. It like oh, yeah, it felt like true. I was watching a pair of old friends just Yeah. yeah. You know, they're cracking on. And it's like full Fafard and the Grey Mouser and so forth. And it's like, yeah, okay. But speaking of from. platonic nice. relationship versus romantic mm. relationships, there is mm. meant to be a romantic relationship between the other two in the party whose names again I've forgotten Simon the Sorcerer yes. and Dorit the, Dor- the Druid Dorit Dor- 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 the Druid yeah I, I wasn't I, feeling I, that I've got to say that's, yeah. some, that's some top quality GMing there okay you're not allowed to have names <laughs> which start with the same letter you're forbidden <laughs> anyway <laughs> um, sorry but- well, uh, I mean I think if you're a DM you're going to like this movie yeah. right if you're a player maybe not so much but no. anyway, they so they those characters are meant to have no. like he starts off by going, I do know a druid, but no. I tried to court her and it didn't work out. Uh and and at the end of the movie they're like, let's give it a second try. But at no point during the no. rest of the film was there no. any because I understand it, even if it was yeah. one sided, because I'd understand if it was just he, you know, Simon quite liked her and it wasn't their back. There was I got no. none of that from him or her. It no. was just they were just party members. And I was like, that's a shame. Because no. I think a lot of parties now, well some of the games I've played, have Hmm. do have little romance subplots in between characters and that's a really a, can be a really fun thing to have and explore in hmm. a campaign if it's done well hmm. but i don't yeah. think this really touched on it it was just like an yeah. it felt like almost like an afterthought yeah i mean there are like micro traces in there if you're looking obviously the first scene where they introduce doric 
And she's like just getting the catapult out, is ready to like cap him and say, Who who are you? And he's like, I'm Simon. Who? Hey, yeah. I, I used to try yeah. and be your boyfriend. It's like, who? Do you remember we met? Uh, and does not recognise him at all. Yeah. So like that that's the level of the romance which Simon had in his head, right? Yeah. So we never actually hear her talk about it. Yeah, exactly. But as we go along, there are bits where she's like noticing the stuff he's doing, like, you know, him actually demonstrating his competence, which I think, mm. yeah, it's like, you know, has he actually does things. Mm. She is noticing it. I mean, yeah. uh, well, I his feel... story arc is basically hapless to competent, isn't it? I don't uh, know yeah. if he gets all the way Just... to competent, but he does do things. Yeah. I, mm. I, I, he does yeah, I think you yeah. definitely see competent from where he is. And to mm. be fair, he, he does he does get stuff done. Yeah. Um, and he's not he's not a complete buffoon because mm-hmm. complete buffoons is sort of okay in films. He does not work in a role playing game if you've got someone who's just yeah. like total clown shoes all the time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what I really did like, like he was unlucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the fight choreography. Especially oh. for Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. was God fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, really, yeah. really yeah. good. It, yeah. it is proper up there. I do, I really love fight choreography. Again, it's not the very best I've ever seen because for the very best I've ever seen, you're probably looking at various things like Jackie Chan movies. You're looking at the Daredevil fight scene from season one, mm-hmm. which there's a whole thing in a corridor which goes on for minutes. Atomic Blonde, Charlize Theron fighting people, that is the gold standard of chore- fight choreography. Yes. Mm. It doesn't reach that, but having very said different, that... That's a very different type of fight choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely it, very it, different style of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, precisely, but the fact that I can mention it and Dungeons & Dragons, uh, like Michelle Rodriguez's stuff, isn't as good is actually well done, because quite frankly... I, I yeah. think it's as good, it's just a very, very different style. Yeah. I enjoy... Yeah, maybe, maybe. The Atomic yeah. Blonde fight choreography is, is supposed to be, um, you know, realistic and brutal and gritty. Yes, yes. Whereas yes. this is very much the opposite. Oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. fantasy fighting. It's... Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot more, I will say, but it didn't feel like waifu, like when Buffy's just throwing people, you know, like, like probably if you weigh more than 40 kilograms, love, that might work, but... But no, it's like Michelle Rodriguez well, she's got, looks she's got like she could throw a punch. Yeah. Well, she's got yeah, super strength. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's how it works. That's how superheroes uh, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. but it just it just feels <laughs> immersion-breaking. Whereas Michelle Rodriguez throwing people around, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. she looks strong I, I, and, yeah. Is, is Buff could do, yeah. Yeah, she was very good. Like, she's got great comic timing as well. She's, yeah. She was very good, yeah. Yeah, like that, 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 that sort of playing uh, the straight man to Chris Pryor's yeah. quips. Yeah, yeah, her, her and Chris Pryor yeah. were the... Yeah, the other two maybe not so much. Her and Chris Pine would definitely I, stand I, out I, of it. I, I feel we're being a little unfair to different actors at this point because no, no, they're, they're, not because everyone, everyone was fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're not fine. bad yeah. actors. It's just yeah. like yeah, they've got a Smaller really parts. yeah. It, it's like yeah, there, there's a lot of really strong stuff in this film, and like it's just that feeling of like they've been friends for years and years and years, and they just just like a really comfy old cars. Yeah, they just yeah. had yeah. their friendship yeah. on it. It's like yeah, yeah. I, I I believed. That they that they were mates yeah. for like ever, what did we and they have seen stuff. Speaking of mm. other characters and comedy timing, I think the paladin was really good as well. In, oh, in that, and it, it yeah, hit same. the tropes of the paladin is very straightforward, literal, and not very funny type. Yes. And, and I, I think they he was did going to be well. a bigger part of the film, though. I did as well. Yes, yeah, but he was way op. It was yeah. great. 
Um, yeah. And they, they, they acknowledged that. They said, yeah, he's way over And I did really like that as well, because it is yeah. true in campaigns. Sometimes as the party, you're running around doing something and you find an NPC and you're like, you should probably be dealing with this because you are that was better so good. Yeah. in every way, <laughs> as they said in the film. Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you now and let you get on with your quest. And Chris Pine's kind of like, uh, can't you come with us? I mean, you can kind of do it because you're That's just better fine. than us yeah. at everything. Except <laughs> for the talking. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, but his character um, I really liked as well. I liked yeah, that he yeah, was so good. epic and great, but did have that flaw of being very, you know, very literal, literal very paladin. and very black almost very black and white thinking mm. as well irony is a blade that can be turned on the self as well as the other yeah <laughs> like, I, okay. and i think we've all well i certainly played a character like that and it's it's very yeah. and that's you know that's a bit like um constance from the Dragonlance campaign that was very kind similar, of the yeah. vibe that i went there because i think it's yeah. quite a classic trope to play like i am an honorable mm. knight but i'm not like mm. quite clued in onto everything else so I, I, I yeah. his fight choreography was excellent as yeah. well yes yeah. Yeah. yeah when he was killing all the undead and mm. yeah yeah uh, absolutely he, he he was very good and um like i was like because part of the part of the plot of course is that the way they find him is that everyone has heard of him but i hadn't appreciated he was a hundred year old paladin at I least didn't get that. Is he 100? Yeah, he yeah, was really old. Oh, I missed that. Because all, oh, the, all the people, yeah. the ancestors, and they, they buried yeah. in the fight, he was there at that fight, yeah. and he was still... Yeah. Ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I, I was really impressed by how they managed to, to put it in. Like, I mean, that, that whole comedy scene of what should be quite grim, or... Dip, speak but, of death, but like yeah. They, yeah, yeah, speak, speak of death, but they just have, are having to basically... Do a sort of a door to door, a grave to grave. Yeah, like what happened here? I passed it to him. Okay, let's go ask him. Yeah. And, yeah. and the comedy moment of they they got the number of questions wrong. So yeah. there's this oh, poor yeah. undead sat there waiting for the fifth question yeah. at the end of the film. I, I mean, we've we've all we've all we've, we've all had that fear at least, if not actually been in that yeah. party where someone's just messed up the question. This is basically it is basically a light action comedy, and it does that oh, well. Yes. But what I wanted oh. to sort of touch on was yeah. um, the, the sort of world mm-hmm. that is portrayed yeah. in there, and the kind of branding elements that goes along with that. Yes. Because yeah. what I really stuck out to me is. Fantasy films, and certainly D&D in its early days, mm. sought to simulate existing literature and, mm. to an extent, movie, well, more just literature at the time. So mm. you'd have, yeah, elves, it would kind of stock elves and dwarves and mm. goblins yeah, and yeah. orcs and, and, and those, and those sort of like staples yeah. of fantasy. Yeah. But in this film, you don't have any of that. You no. don't have any, you don't have elves and uh dwarves in the party you don't have um not you're not fighting or, yeah you're not fighting orcs and goblins as the villains or anything like that no. all of it is, all of it is D specific stuff mm-hmm. all of it okay. pretty much yeah. so yeah. all of the monsters that are in it they're yeah. all out there owl bears just basically beasts gelatinous cubes you know they're Mimics. they're yeah. mainly mm-hmm. they're mainly monsters that you'll only find in D. Yeah. they're yeah. not using monsters that you'll find in lord of the rings for example yeah and very sensibly they don't get a lot of screen time. Yeah, there's that. Also, if you look at the makeup of the party... Which is, actually, that's a really good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look yeah. at the makeup of the party themselves, because mm. like a typical D&D party in years gone past, and a typical mm. fantasy yeah. literature party is going to sort of be an elf, a dwarf, a human, a halfling, you know, that above. Yeah, yeah. We, d- we don't have that here at all. We no. don't have that sort of old school party mix. We have a much yeah. more D&D Everyone's- specific one. Everyone's medium-sized. Well, we, uh, there's yeah. many humans with a tiefling. Yeah. And half-elf. You, 
yeah, one of them is a half elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A half elf, tiefling, and a pair of humans. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then when they're when they're talking to others, like the other sort of, um, I mean, the humans uh, are the heritage culture. Well, the other he- other heritages mm-hmm. that you see, you do see yeah. a dwarf in it, I think. But generally, yes. you are yeah. seeing Arakrokra, and you're seeing yeah. Dragonborn, and you're yeah. seeing all these things that are D D stuff. And uh, the Tabaxi, Tabaxi. yeah, you see Tabaxi. And Tabaxi, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, they're uh, not like center stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the world the world is built of those things, not of the Tolkien-esque things, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which it, makes D&D feel like its own thing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It didn't feel like Lord of the Rings, like which no, a lot no. of fantasy things can often. You could be like, yeah, it could be, it could be a place in that. It didn't feel like there. a pastiche of Lord of the yeah. Rings. Oh, well, that's a very branding, good word, isn't it? Peter. Yeah. It's branding. Mm. It is, yeah. It's trying to set itself apart from generic fantasy by saying mm-hmm. these are the unique things about D&D that you're not going to get in other fantasy because yes. they're only in D&D. And that's a smart thing to do from a brand. The only thing that was missing view. was a beholder, but you know, um, that's what it was trying to do. Next campaign. Uh, I I gotta say, yeah, maybe like if they get more special effects budget to do such a thing, but I think they didn't maybe have, or their use of special effects was very well done. Like, yeah, it was, well, it was a very CGI heavy film, was it? Because yes. a lot of it looked like practical effects to me. There were they, definitely... they did use a lot of practical effects in it. Then mm. because there was a pre-interview thing that mm. well, the, the the owl bear was definitely CGI. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way that was practical. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But, a lot um, of the wild shape. All, all the magic was CGI. Yeah. Well, well, uh, I, I think, I think they a lot have of used it was. real magic in the game. No, no, the real magic yeah. is real magic. Yeah, I, I do apologize. Of course, it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, I don't know. Um, it, I, I don't know, like some, certainly some of the bigger things, but so, like, certainly the locations were CGI. There's no way those well, then, great, those great big sort of like mile high towers were real. What, or that stone? Colosseum was real. Or that maze was real. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those, those would be the more examples. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, the maze. But that's, but again, it's like it's a limited part of the thing. And it's mm-hmm. like it is deliberately trying to evoke an air of unreality because you're essentially in a sort of a magic slash technological area. Mm. Um, I thought even things like the Underdark they did pretty well, mm. and then they actually used humour quite cleverly. Yeah, they they came across like that group of intellect devourers whilst they're oh, yeah. sneaking into the Underdark, and it's like and oh. they ignored them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and, and and it's like oh, careful, right? You've got to watch out for them. They're very dangerous. Mm. If they have any, they they react to thought. So just everyone up against will be quiet. Try not to think. They react to intelligence, and then the intellective hours just walked past them. And mm. this one's like, "Oh, well, that that was rude." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, quite hurtful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like you know, it was a, it's, it's a really great piece of comedy because it's not breaking the fourth wall. They've done the setup of what these mm. creatures are, which D and D fans will probably know. Like I know it because I played Baldur's Gate. Before I played Baldur's Gate three, I would have had no idea what they were. I'd be like weird little Brady things. Yeah, but yeah. They, uh, but then it sets up, and, and like you know, it yeah. hangs on the lampshade that the the characters are not the smartest bunch. That is not their strength. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. okay, nice. It was it was machine gun joking all the way oh. through. It was a joke. It was literally a joke every few seconds. Maybe a little yeah. more than I would have liked, and I don't think all of them landed. Well, yeah, but that's. I mean, a lot of them did, but they, you know, there were moments where it was just like, it was, I, it, they, you know, they just kind of landed a little flat. But you know that's—I guess that's subjective anyway. Yeah, but there, um, there, there, there's a lot of quips, um, but there are some real moments of drama. And again, I must go back to the Marvel movies for comparison. In what's it? What's the first four movie? Four Ragnarok. 
not that's not the first one movie, but for Ragnarok, which is uh, Taika Waititi or whatever his name is, yeah. it's like the third one. Uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. For Ragnarok, that one. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. There was no point in that entire movie where anyone had the freedom to express an emotion. Every time he was going to do anything, even vaguely emotive or noble or heroic, bam, cut, undercut it with comedy, and out got so much that I was actually noticing. I don't expect people to like be posing and making heroic speeches all the time. That would be boring. But when you undercut every single time, it's no good. Here, I'd argue this like, film was fairly similar in that sense. No, I, I, I must disagree. Uh, the bits where they're talking with Kira, about Kira, like with uh, Hugh Grant's character, um, can't remember his name, the, the rogue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. The con man. Mm-hmm. I should remember his name. It's like fairly... I, know, I don't know anyone's point. name, don't worry. I, no. I, yeah, it's just... It's called Hugh Grant. Yeah. Hugh Grant, yeah. yeah. Hugh Grant, yeah. That's his name, yeah. The, like, like, like the posh white English villain um, was... What did we think of him, by the way? Oh, slimy. I think he's great as a mm. villain. Slimy, brilliant. Hugh Grant's got a new career being villains. If you look at his yes. resume, his filmography over the last, say, decade, yeah. he's been playing villain after villain after villain after villain in lots of different things, films, yeah. TV shows, all sorts of stuff, and he's really good at it. He and is. his his brand image is he is kind of acting. If you see him in interviews, a bit of a bit of an arsehole as well, yeah, which matches the characters that he's playing. Yeah. I don't know if that's a calculated thing or if that's. Well, as he says, he can't do the sort of young foppish. Yeah, yeah. Like, love interest anymore. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, let's face anymore, it. Because for when yeah, he was at a funeral, now. it was like, okay, Hugh, off you go, mate. Um, but yeah, now it's like yeah, but, but he's outgrown those roles though, hasn't yeah. he? You can't do that anymore. But yeah. he's made he's made a new career out of being a villain yeah. in a yeah. lot of different ways, mm-hmm. serious ones, comedic ones, you know, different types of films and stuff. And, and and like really nailing the hypocrisy of just like the completely insincere person. Mm-hmm. Oh, like you know, oh, I, I, it's it's just really genuinely lovely to see you. He says, has they like sucked into the floor? <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I couldn't stand to see you die, which is why I've got to leave the room. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. come on! But that said, yeah. he felt like a believable person. He just felt like mm. a yes. bit of a greedy, selfish person. But he yeah. wasn't like, yeah. I am evil, ha, ah, twiddle my yeah. moustache. He's just like, yeah, I just want to, I want the best for myself well, and I want to make as much understand. money as I can. Yeah. Like, like proper neutral why? evil. I loved that. It was good. Why did he take in Chris Pine's daughter and look after her? What was Ego. in it for him, given that he's evil? Why Why did he even bother? But that's because he's a real person. I think there yeah. was an element that he did know these people and travel with yeah. them. And yeah, right. he had to screw them over to get the thing, but he was asked to look after her and he so probably he's, could. He's doing and... that out of good motives, you think? I um, think so. I don't think he was like a 2D villain. I think, like, And like you said, he was like, oh, it's quite nice. Because she, the, the girl, looked at him and thought he was a nice person. Yeah. And actually, that's a nice feeling when someone looks yeah. at you and is like, oh, you're really nice. Like, I really appreciate that. That's... And so pretty quite like that. He had this young girl who, who looked up to him and was like, oh, you're really great and nice and I like you. And he's probably like, thank you, I am great. Mm. I, I mean, that was that was his stated reasons. Oh, it's re- I never realised how good it would be to be a father until I had the opportunity to be one. Yeah. To have this person that you can mould in your own image. But that I said, guess as I'm soon like as a it, god. Yeah. Lord Neverwinter and God. Yeah, yeah. Suppose, what he yeah. says in the film. So, it's so like, oh, A, a messed up evil. perception of parenting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But that said, yeah, as soon as it human. became as soon as it became difficult and not in his interest, he was like, "Oh, I will toss you aside." I think yeah. it's just he looked after her for those two years because he couldn't; yeah. it didn't cause any issues. So why yeah. not? But as soon yeah. as it was a problem, or he could use her 
to get out well, of a situation, he was like, yeah, of course, I'll throw you well, under well, the bus. Well, give, give, give him a choice between money and slitting her throat. It's like, I will use you as a bargaining piece and threaten to slit your throat. Would he? We don't know. But I think quite he frankly, would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I bet, but yeah, we, we, yeah. Don't, we don't know. We, we suspect, we suspect. But well, yes. There is, there is scope in his, in his character to have it change or to become worse somehow. Yeah, but that, but and, this is the thing. Like I was saying, he feels like a real person. He's not yes. like a two-dimensional, yeah. I'm a bad guy. Yeah. Like, he had moments where it was nice to do something nice for somebody because that yeah. feels nice. And yeah, yeah. so... Mm. I, I mean, look, Marvel's problem is every time they come up with an even halfway decent villain, they have to kill him. The only one they came up with was Loki. And that he was such a... Tom Huddleston uh, made him such a fan favourite that eventually he's been rehabilitated to team quasi-good guy. Um, well, but the rest of the time, it's like, yeah, well, indeed. Yes. What, what, but, what can I say? Not everyone's aboard the Huddles train. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But the rest of the villains, they've got nothing. Here, we have at least... They, they introduced a villain behind a villain, and a villain yes. behind a villain, and it was entirely plausible that actually, yeah, what, there was more where that came from. What that whole maze sequence? Because I mm. that took me out of it a little bit, just yeah, because yeah. it was... A little too CGI with their yeah, yeah. big raised blocks. And also, it was obvious that the people watching it in the sort of Coliseum or the arena, yeah. because this big maze springs out with these sort of like 30-foot high walls, yeah. they're just looking at walls and they can't see what's going on inside the maze. Maybe hmm. they had an I, I, elevated view in the I don't know. I, I, like I see what you mean. Thing. It seemed weird. Um, I believe, and I would have to... Uh, I'm, I'm going again on Monday because I have to take... Various friends there. Oh, you have to. That's so awful, Peter. I'm so I sorry. Know, so so sorry that you have friends to spend time with. I know. What a burden. As opposed to you guys. Colleagues, as we are. I believe, uh, I could be wrong, maybe I'm like backfilling this in my memory, that there was like sort of a, a sort of a mystic viewing screen. There was um, a yeah, sort of floating like, platform between the, the really rich people were in. The rich people were in, yes, yeah. there was a, like a little one where they were ignoring it and gambling and stuff. Mm. But I think there was one in the arena as well, because that... I don't recall seeing that, but I, if you say it was, then... Yeah, there was like a glass dome at the top, so maybe that reflected... So you can I, look at the dome and it reflected it in some yeah. way. But But with magic, I mean, it's like not outside the realm of plausibility. I don't know. Uh, perhaps they neglected to put that in. It seems unlikely to me for a film that is so detail-oriented that the throwaway gag gift given to the daughter at the beginning then turns out to be essential to executing the plan at the end of the film. Yeah. How did they get from the arena to the ship? Um, How did they, they get out of the arena? I miss. I must have blinked or something. So I missed because one minute they're in the arena and the next minute they'd escaped from the they arena. They go into the gelatinous cube. Yeah. And... The gelatinous cube was taken away because it was dropped down into the maze. Yeah. So they went into yeah. like the backstage area, pulled yeah. themselves out, which isn't what they were meant to do. They were meant to die in the cube. Yeah. And then they were in the backstage area so they could just go through. Yeah. Right, gotcha. Do- Do- okay. Doric realised it because Doric had actually been under the arena previously as yes. part of the portal to get in with the Hiver Liver Stick. Right, which, okay, yeah. by the way, is 100% thinking of portals and... I'm looking I, forward to seeing the various implementations that come out for fan fiction, yes. or maybe even visually. God yeah, damn. That, that portal stuff was good. That I, was, yeah. I, I like the plan. Generally, the use of spells and magic creatively 
I thought was really fun. Like like the thing with the Create Flame, using it to set the gas alight to set the room on fire so they could blow it up and escape with the dragon. (laughs) Great. And yeah. I think I think it's fun that they made made fun of the create the smell of grass like spell as well because there are so yeah. many spells in D anD D that you're like, when do I use this? Yeah. I have taken all of them on my character There's sheet. Big, but piece, anyway. big piece hands doing the arm wrestle as well was kind of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. versus yeah. Maximilian's grasping mm. fist. I I, I I really well, well, yeah. What did you think about the way magic was visually represented in the? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, worked well. I I thought they used a really smart minimalist approach mm-hmm. like i watched world of warcraft I'm movie sorry. i i quite liked it it did a lot of nice things there was a lot of positive representation there but a lot of the time the the, the magic just turns it all into pixel effects and i don't care here mm. it did not magic mm-hmm. was subtle but visible like things like the time stop for example mm. mm-hmm. that was very clever yeah um cuz i mean what was it it was basically it's just like a very thin, like, brown wall moving along, and mm. things inside it stop moving. Yeah. Very yeah. cheap to do. Yeah. Really dramatic, really obvious what's going on. Or, like, mm. a little bit of chain lightning. It's not just, like, fireball, 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 which yeah. would just be eh, boring. You can't see anything. Here, I could see what was going on. I loved it. Yeah. I reckon if you are a Forgotten Realms fan, which I don't mm. think any of us really are sort of. No. Got realm scholars, are they? There's probably yeah. tons Lots and tons of, of stuff we missed. Oh, yeah, Easter yeah, eggs yeah. in there. Yeah. There's probably tons of it that yeah. just went straight past us. I would have thought. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think the Red Wizards of Fame were an mm-hmm. amazing choice as villains. Mm. And also, yes. I learned stuff. I enjoyed learning it about the Forgotten Realms. What? Mm. What? I like. Yeah. How did Ziz Tam? Who is this Joker? Why are they important? Oh, oh, oh! They 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 took over. They took over. They by like. Seizing control by like putting a coup on the Council of Wizards and turning everyone into an undead army so that now they control Thay, which is also, by the way, why they haven't been able to expand beyond Thay, which also makes sense as to what they're doing in uh, Waterdeep. I'm like, mm. yeah, oh, just, yes, just, just hope too many Tory MPs don't watch this film, is all I can say, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, be, it'll be like all hashtag goals for them. Yeah, the but I oh, love yeah. the use of magic in the world, and I like how the world reacted mm. to magic because everyone yeah. was aware of it. Like when people were fighting with spellcasters, they went to grab their hands and cover their mouths. Yeah, be like, no, don't, mm. don't do that, because yeah. they knew that works. Mm. And the way there was those, um, what are they called braces of what are they called? Oh, there's magic nullification or something. Yeah, mm. yeah, that that was like. So, and and that people would think of that. They'd be like, we need to yeah. stop people doing this because they're very powerful. And if you're mm. on a fight yeah. in a moment. And also, I read uh, an interview with uh, Sir Simon the Sorcerer when they were doing the spell component. Hmm. They used um, as inspiration sign language to Mm -hmm. the words related to the spell, and it's not—it's not not actually sign language. But that that inspiration was for that shape and the way you move your hands is inspired Mm. by the word for whatever they were doing. Yeah, which I think was really nice and interesting. Yeah, but yeah, Hmm. that seems nice. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another that's another thing about the kind of world building stuff in mm. the D and D these days is very much a world with omnipresent commonplace magic mm-hmm. everywhere. Yes. Yeah, and it's it is a sort of magical sort of I want to say techno magical, but that's not quite the word I mean. No, yeah. magic that's replaces technology. Yeah, yeah, yes. There's magic in place of technology, yeah. which mm-hmm. does a lot of the things that we're accustomed to in modern day life, mm. but magically. Yeah, yeah, and like in an everyday kind of way. 
thinking of that, I like the moment with the sending stones where it kind of got in a feedback loop feedback. and had that, <laughs> like you do with microphones. Or yeah. That was yeah, a funny yeah, yeah. one-second gag. I like that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Did we yeah. have any favourite moments? What was your favourite moment if you had to pick one? Oh. Oh, that is hard. Um... For me, I think it was Holger's first fight with the guards in the alleyway while just after they were about yeah, to get their heads cut off. I thought that was very well choreographed, very well, very well done. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think I did yeah. like the speak with dead sequence because it was just mm. it was just quite yeah. funny and it felt like every party has had a moment where they've done something like that and it just Yeah. I think my I only just, problem yeah. with that is it's a joke I've seen before. So yeah. I know, but um, it was yeah. it was well done. It was yeah. well delivered joke. Yeah, fair. For, yeah. for me it's where Holger's sitting talking to her husband or her ex husband, in fact. Yeah, uh, Miramar, Miramar, or whatever his name is, who, it has been real to us, she's been kicked out of her tribe to mm. see, to, to be with this guy. He sends her a letter a year after she's been in prison saying, you're no longer my wife, I'm, or I'm no longer your husband. She comes in, and then they're, they're, they're talking, and then in comes Gwen, who is basically Holger. Mm. He has a type. <laughs> I, I think... It was established very firmly that they both have types. Oh my, yeah. yes. But yeah, yeah. And like, it's just the really understated way that she played off that. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character, Olga, played off that. And just like, you know, the holding back and just the, like, just, just the recognition of it all. And mm-hmm. like that acknowledgement past the sake. That was really, really beautiful. Mm. Really beautifully put together. I, I really like that. That, that makes a lot of difference to the film. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's why I disagree with us. It's all like just gags because it wasn't all just gags. I mean, sure, yeah. they had sort of a sight gag. Yeah, absolutely. Where she's come in. But then they've also leaving it out with some actual moments of real emotion. And it's like, yeah, no. I mean, spanning in emotional range is a good thing in a film. And yeah, yeah it's not relied on Dadaist things like, oh, I need that guy's leg. Why do you need his leg? Because it will be funny. Okay, then. I'm not here to hate Guardians of the Galaxy. I enjoyed it. But yeah, speaking I like about Guardians speaking... of the Galaxy. It's one of my favourite Marvel films. All right. right? <laughs> if you say so, Peter. Yeah, hate yeah. to hear what you have to say, ones you don't like. Anyway, um, <laughs> speaking, about the, speaking about the no. sight gag in uh, D&D of Holger and her ex-husband. Yes. Yeah. So he was like, he's meant, meant to be a halfling or something, I assume. Yes. It was a yeah, yeah. I found the proportioning of it kind of weird because they just like... Sized him down, yeah. Yeah, they just sized him down. Like, But if you think about mm. how in The Hobbit... They do that proportioning, like they're they're people they're like a bit more squat or shorter, and also in D and D books they're kind of you know a bit halflings generally are a bit stockier or kind of like dwarves. But mm. I don't know, he just felt like a tiny person. I think it, it might have been slightly weird. just because they sat him on a human sized chair for some reason in his own house. Yeah, which seemed like a bit that. weird. Like, and I didn't quite understand you... why that was the case. Yeah, like, so it, it kind of accentuated that. It it just felt. I don't know. It it felt odd to me. It threw it threw me out a bit. Cause and the, I, and I they wasn't... did a lot of perspective mm. shots, like looking up and looking down, sort mm. of. Yeah. yeah. Sort of to emphasize. And I just, it, I, think. I, I think I preferred the way Lord of the Rings handled mm. different heritages having different heights and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Just whereas that just felt like literally someone had taken a photo and just like dragged the corner to shrink it to scale. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I that that threw me. It out didn't a seem bit. plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not going to say plausible because this was a and d film and there was magic and dragons and, no, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So I, I'm not looking for realism from this film. Don't get no. me wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm wanting escapism. Yeah. In fact. But, but, yeah, but that well, moment I mean, just... It, you I found it immersion breaking, let's just say. It, yeah, it took me out of it for a no. second. And I was like, oh. Yeah. 
And also, yeah, I, think, I think yeah, I think visually it did for and me too. Also, little, yeah. because it was Bradley Cooper as well, who I didn't expect to see. In Which that I role. didn't even realise it was until just told me in the car. Right? I was like, that was <laughs> odd. And you were like, was yeah, it? Yeah. And I was like, I'm doubting myself now. And then I googled it. And I'm like, it is Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I, I yeah, I did. I I, rec- I recognise him as a, like a vaguely familiar person, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is an and interesting. I think, I think yeah. the the Lord of Neverwinter, who appears in the film for like a solid thirty seconds. Mm. It felt like there was somebody I knew hidden underneath that beard, but I couldn't tell you who it was. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But there, yeah. really well done in many ways. I felt, like I say, not, uh, in, in it, in its class, it is an excellent film. Mm-hmm. I would say it stands up on its own. And I just really liked the storytelling. The yeah. only film, right, which outdoes it for Chekhov's rifle, which is the, if you see a gun in the fur, if you see a rifle yeah, hanging yeah. over the fireplace, yeah. it's got to go after the third act. That outdoes it is Bullet Train, right? And that film is just Chekhov's rifle, the movie. It I'm is just it. Don't tell me. Everything, Russ, mm. is Chekhov's rifle in that film. It, I don't know if you would like it though, because it's really fast placed and it goes on, it goes hard. I loved it. Um, if you thought Bullet Train was way too confusing, which is very plausible, no shame on you, absolutely. You might, you might very much like the storytelling in this movie because by golly, it goes for it. And it just clicks together nicely. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that it's Doric in that arena, because it was Doric that was in where the treasure vault was being kept. Because it wasn't in the treasure vault. That was just a dummy. It was yeah. actually underneath the arena, so it could be taken out to the harbour. And then it's Doric who comes up with the way to wild shape whilst in the gelatinous cube and escape out of it and then pull them all out. That's how that makes sense. Right? Like it all just like, you're it, definitely a lot more enthusiastic about this film than I am. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I liked it, but I... The, the, the storytelling, the way it all, like, clicks together. Like, there's yes. no weird bits where I have to suspend my disbelief and jump over, like, a thing. It all just... Like, there's bits where I'm like, how does this all... And it all just goes click, and it smoothly clicks in. So it's yeah, like yeah, a nice it's smooth fine. surface. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. It, it, yeah. Yes, there's not, there's, there's not. It doesn't have the rough edges, which would normally cause me distress... Where I'm like, ah, oh, but does that Jesus. work though? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, probably, right, the roughest edge I have is right at the start, where they have a fantasy world which has a maximum security prison. How do they get food to the guards in this, like, t- Using icy some landscape. kind of magic, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's some kind of magic because it's like Mars way. And how do they get out of the icy Siberian. Mm. Using some kind of magic. Desolate 100%. Well, they, I mean, does Chris Pine have great food? Does, does Bart have great food? I don't know. But anyway, so they managed to escape, which obfuscates over exploration, which is very much a and d thing. So why not? Mm-hmm. But like, if you can get past that, like the fact that they've got a prison with yearly parole boards, which seems very civilised, I must say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then the rest, that, that's probably one of the weaker points in the movie. Mm-hmm. Which well, is quite impressive. Know, for it? me, this is basically a 6 out of 10, I think. And it sounds like for uh, you, Peter, we're talking about 9 or something. Uh, well, I'm going to watch it again, so maybe my opinion will change. Last mm. time I watched the movie this close together, I fell asleep. So mm. we'll have to okay. Speaking of the story, though, what about the end, did we think? Because the end deals with, mm. like, and again, we've said spoilers many times, but... Oh, yeah. Character death in, in the campaign. So mm, Holger... Yeah dying Dies. and then mm. using the, the the magic thing to bring her back instead of mm-hmm. the mother which was the original plan what do we think about that um yeah i like that it's fine yeah yeah i mean that's actually 
one of the tropes that is being hit really hard, really hard in modern D&D. And what a lot of people are going to say a lot of very mean things about this movie is um, like the very queer idea of found family. Yes. That, what, yeah. What, yeah. But what that like, does also uh, does, it means that the quest, hmm. ha- that changes the quest. So the quest hmm. for the amulet basically w- w- ends up being a washout. Like, hmm. if they hadn't gone on the quest, you wouldn't have died. So yeah. it's like they hadn't gone on the quest. So the quest ends up being saving the city from the Red Wizards. And is what is the, the thing that happens that's important. And re- reuniting the family. It has that big goal of saving the city, but also the small goal of reuniting the family. And since we're talking about endings, you have sort of almost this fake ending. They have a boat full of treasure. Mm. Holger, Kira, yeah, they, Edwin they, are they all got, on they, that boat and they are gone, aren't they? They're on that boat. They're sailing away. They got rid of the treasure. They put it in the balloon to give it to the people of the city like they promised. So, But the reason they did that oh, right. was because they're sailing away. They've clean escaped. And Holger says, what's going on there? Mm. And then, and this is one of those like Chekhov rifle bit, breaks out the, <laughs> the, the pop-up book. Of evil magic. <laughs> Sorry. Which oh yeah, they, I love that it was a pop-up book. Yeah. Which, which was. Like, is there any reason you? you <laughs> like, I, I, like, I mean, a mild sight gag like that. You're you're in bits over it, and I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, because it was also because that prop was used earlier by Zonk, the paladin, explaining what happened with yeah, yeah. uh thing. So like they use this throwaway sight gag, which is a pop-up book. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they bring it in. And it's actually, it's super important. It's like, actually, this is, this isn't just like a nice little picture we did to have a little bit of novelty in. It's actually a pivotal plot point, which they kind of say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly the same. Look at it. Just side by side comparison. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, we know what yeah. that is, which is a perfect reason for them to actually then risk it all and turn around. Cause like I say, they did not have to do, do that. They did it. Because they're heroes, but there was no reason for them to do it other than, like, you know, I mean, and the fact that they then fulfilled their promises yeah. is, like, amazing. And again, that was very cleverly done with the whole balloon and the falling out the mouth sort of thing. So for, Which yeah. also made Lord Neverwinter, Hugh Grant's character, look How legit. did he end up in the balloon? He was looking through the, the portal. He was on yeah. the boat. Oh, I see. Yeah. Gotcha. Right, yeah. yeah. So... For me, the ending. I liked mm. the we're a clean getaway. Oh, we've got to go back because trouble's afoot. Like that, great. Yeah. I don't like the ending where Holger dies. Yes. And then I don't know. It just felt like so they're they're in this awful situation where that you have. It feels like a moral ethical conundrum. Like there's two people you love and care about greatly that are dead, and you can only bring one back. I yeah. feel like that should be a bigger, more torturous decision than yeah. Because it just felt like, oh, we'll bring her back then, I guess. And well, 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 it, it was didn't explored. feel... I don't know. I, I, I guess I, 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 I just, You don't feel it felt earned? That? Yeah, it didn't feel... Yeah. And also, maybe I'm annoyed at it, just because yeah. so many films just kill the mother off. And yes. there's... The, there's What's it called? There's a, there's even a, a, a term for it in... Fridging. Huh? Fridging. Fridging. Yes. So you you kill off a woman to motivate a man. Yes, yes. it was that. That's yeah. Exactly. Fridging. Yeah, yeah, fridging. Yeah, fridging. Yeah, that's the one. Um, so it and it was and because it's that as well. I was just like, uh, I just I don't know. And the way the daughter was so quick, mm. she was like, and I get that her mother died when she was very young, but she didn't because she, she didn't really know her. But I, no. I, I mean, I mean, Holger is the only mother she's ever known. 
Hence the, yeah. hence the back sequence of Holger literally being with her, growing yeah. up with her and so forth, and yeah. all of that. Um, yeah. Previously, the paladins then was speaking to Edwin about your wife has passed on yeah, to another realm. That. Do you really want to drag her back? Yeah. And it's like... And I get that. They laid yeah. the groundwork for that, but it still felt like... It felt a bit cheap for you. It felt a bit cheap. Because I think the mm, decision mm. of that is really... Is a real conundrum and like a decision. And I, I, don't, I don't think it was given well, yeah. that weight. But then again, I also yeah. kind of feel like on the flip side of that, mm. I agree. I kind of agree that that is a thing. But on the mm. flip side of that, the fact that he didn't struggle to make that decision is also important because I, I, because it showed mm. it showed how important Holger was to him. Yeah, I, I I would say not struggling is probably. I mean, maybe I just picked up something different because I'm projecting onto it. But I felt there was like, oof, look at this. Well, I th- good, good, I, yeah. good quality acting from Mister Pine. Um, oh. Ooh, I, I get I get it was a callback to earlier. He said to her in the apology, I wasn't trying mm. to get your mother back, I was trying to get my wife back. And this yeah. was the direct call. He chose to get his daughter's mother back instead of getting his wife back with that decision. Mm, like, mm. I get it. Mm. I just don't like it. And I think mm. it is the fridging I don't like. I think that's what it is. But I know, I, as that as an ending, I was like, eh, fine. I, I, I think his motivation... I don't know, is that... Is it? I suppose, maybe, but I, I don't felt, know. Yeah, well, I, I guess felt, the alternative yeah. is her not being in the sequel. Which I want suck, her in the she sequel, was really good. <laughs> but yeah. just, just don't stab her with this same special type of knife that can't bring them back by clerics. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, I well, I mean, that's the cer- bit I didn't like. Yeah, there's a certain element of resetting to the status quo. Yes. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it was a choice, but essentially... yeah. Um, part of Chris Pine's growth during the thing is actually that he's a bad dad. Yeah. yeah. Like, he wasn't a good father. A bad dad. Yes. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and him redeeming himself. But another thing I'll say uh, for the and ending... doing this was the way to... Yeah, redeem himself and rebuild that relationship with his, his daughter by giving her... Well, well, and and, yeah. and also give his daughter the mother, the mother that yeah. she, she actually missed. Yeah. yeah. That she actually mm. knew. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. Another thing about the ending I'll say as well is there's not an after credits style Marvel scene after all the the long credits. Yeah, yeah. Peter and I stayed till the end, and there wasn't one. No, just in case. Yeah, yeah. You can you, you you can should you wish skip it, but yeah, I I, 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 I already knew there wasn't one because I'd read on the internet that there was one. So. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I didn't know if I can believe the internet because sometimes, and this may shock you, Russ, everything on the internet isn't always true. That's not. That's what? not. That I know. is not the case. Everything on the internet is so true. Even to, things that contradict each other are true. We're so yeah. used to the quality journalism and reliability of enworld.org <laughs> and the, you know the reliability of that site, but the rest of the internet isn't that way always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I know I just said I didn't like mm. the ending, but overall, I did really like the film. And one mm. thing mm. I'm intrigued about is how this impacts the hobby, because. Mm. Every time something comes out in media that references or uses role-playing games in some way, it gets some interest of people getting involved, or it just gives you a reference point. Like, if you say to somebody that isn't in the hobby, oh, I'm playing, you know, a role-playing game tonight, they'll be like, oh, like in Stranger Things. Oh, like in the... And I think this might just become a good reference point, if nothing else. But I wonder if it'll do more. Yeah, one thing I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to write up a, uh, what's it, reinforced, a, a, a combat, a tactical loot. For uh, for advanced fifth edition, <laughs> uh, just just to allow for people who have seen this movie to happily thwack away upon people's faces because you can't do that with musical instruments 
They, they, they're quite delicate. But apparently, except for this one, which... A just, battle loot. A, ba- a war loot. A battle mm. loot. Love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think there's various qualities we could go for. Uh, it just, like, just refuses to break, no matter how many times you do that. Because I, I, I can assure you, you can do that maybe once with a regular mm. loot, and then yes. you're holding some very expensive kindling. Yes. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, if, if, you, if you're able to hit things with a loot on a repeated basis, please let us know, because I'd love to know if I was wrong. There'll be but some LARP. There'll be some LARP mm. or reenactment people that will know about that, for sure. They, they will have experience. They yeah. will know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't right. really have many other thoughts about the film to share. Overall, I liked it. I'm, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 as a generic number. Okay, 6 so. for me. And yeah. Peter? I liked the choreography. I liked the cinematography. I liked the minimal use of special effects. There's a lot to like about this film. Um... Probably the biggest criticism I would level against it, the thing that stops it from retrieving real greatness, is it's is it's still a bit emotionally shallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really have. I, I it's like I enjoyed mm-hmm. it a lot, uh, but um, you know, uh, definitely touched me in places. I liked that it did not lay on huge amounts of schmaltz and really attempt to manipulate my emotions because I don't I don't enjoy that in the film. But yeah, I, I mean, it got stuff done. Uh, yeah, but I feel it could have done with like I don't know more more depth to the characters. But yeah, yeah. for me, give, for given given what it given the time and space, I think it did really well. So yeah. So, so on um, a scale of one to ten, uh, I'll give it a solid B plus. Uh, lot of heart. Peter, this is why people don't like you. So the scale like is one to ten. <laughs> this is why you don't get <laughs> invited <laughs> to parties. <laughs> but uh, my refusal to reduce things to a linear scale. Okay, well, Correct. thank you. Yes. Yeah. But you did. You created a B plus, which is just a different linear scale. <laughs> okay. But yeah, for me, I think I would say I I enjoyed it. I liked it. It's light action comedy. But it, kind of to me, it was just light action comedy. Yeah. It was fun, but it was fluff, and I probably won't particularly remember it. Is yeah, sure. Kind of my my thing, but I liked it. It was yeah. worth seeing, and I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. I, I mean, it certainly wasn't empty headed, as I feared. It certainly wasn't an incoherent mess, which I very much feared. I didn't have to do much heavy lifting. Like I say, I've seen worse Marvel movies. And yeah. I think it's standing head and shoulder. Oh, God, that. yes. There are definitely worse Marvel movies yeah, than this. Yeah. And there are better Marvel movies than this. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a middle-of-the-pack Marvel movie. Yeah, there you you'll, go. Have, you'll, have to me. Tell me, you'll have to tell me which of these Marvel movies was the better one. I would say okay. it's probably... Well, I've already said. It's Guardians probably one of the best DC right. movies on that on that thread as well. Let's not talk about DC movies. Let's, <laughs> let's regrettable things occur. <laughs> what about as D&D movies go? Not D&D branded movies, but things that kind of you think of as sort of D&D movies. Like, I think of Lord of the Rings as a D&D movie, even though it's not a D&D movie. Yeah. But oh. up till now, it's kind of been the so, big fantasy. It's, yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Yeah. That's like comparing a novel to a comic book, I feel like. They, they, they're, they're both good things at what they do, but they're just different. Like mm. this movie took oh, itself. Very, oh yeah, extremely different. Yeah. yeah, this movie took itself a lot less seriously. Yeah, yeah. I have to say that is to its yeah. very sensible advantage. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they could have taken it. No. Yeah, I think that is, I think that was the right route to take. Definitely, no. definitely. Yeah, I think if they'd gone all po face and serious about it, I don't think it would have worked. Because I uh, think it makes. Because yeah. I think this is definitely. I think the intention behind the film, as we all know, is to try and invite more people into the hobby. Well, I say the hobby to play D and D specifically for the brand mm. and. 
I think playing it that way makes it feel more accessible. Like the Lord of the Rings you watch and it's like this epic big thing, but it doesn't look like you and your friends where you see this ragtag crew of people and you're like, that feels like some silly things me and my friends would get up to, um, which maybe would introduce you to and, you know, tempt you to kind of give it a go. Mm. So, yeah, so I see why they went that route Mm. and I think it was the correct route. Of course, the other epic D&D movie is Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is... (laughs) And that, that is the most accurate fairly yeah campaign certainly with using d20s and critical failures and explosive successes yeah 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 and just it just Mm. gets so ridiculous and silly and yeah and you can't fight it Mm. right i think are we done yeah we we covered this movie in as much detail as we possibly could yeah probably not but i think as much as we're going to do today i'd just Mm. like to say happy trans day of visibility to everyone that remembers and with that let's get out of here until next week thanks folks Bye-bye. Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Poor Daryl. Every word is a jewel. I'll have you know. <laughs> no, Daryl's there cutting this out right now, being like, I will tell you for now, they are not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>